everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 172. My name is Irvin. And this is Elena. I'm back. Elena's back. Um, she's made it for, uh, well, you weren't here for the last two episodes. Yeah, you just know? for the last two. I think the the sleet and the ice were, uh, were impairing you from, from showing up here in time, <laughs> unfortunately. But I'm glad you're here and you showed up early. Yes, I did. You showed up. I'm like, always <laughs> early. <laughs> always early? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. They don't need to know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're glad Elena's back and hopefully, you know, she can continue to make these these shows and, and, and give me a hand because sometimes I need a hand in some of these shows. Um, today, I'm excited about the episode that we're doing today because I think that we, as a platform, the District 3 Podcast, we talk about topics that sometimes are stigmatized or some people don't want to talk about specifically in the Latino community. Um, so I'm really happy to have these two guests here. First, um, the person that I was talking to for, to make this happen, Adrián de la Torre, a.k.a. Cassandra Ray Reality. That is their stage name. Um, she is there formerly Miss Gay uh, Fayetteville 2017 and uh, Miss Gay Arkansas 2017. And accompanying them, um, we also have Patty Johnson, um, also known as Lady Cakes Monroe, um, who is Miss U.S. of A. Diva 2017. Miss, is it Miss Arkansas, U.S. of A.? Yes. Miss Arkansas, U.S. of A., Diva 2017. Thank you both for being here. I appreciate y'all. Yes. Thanks thank for, having, for us. having us. I think, um, like I said, you know, before I introduced, introduced y'all, this is an important topic that people in our community need to be educated on, and I need to be educated on this. And I know Elena probably needs to be educated on this, too, just to know what's going on and, and you know, how people feel, specifically from the communities that are being oppressed a lot of the times by these Arkansas legislators. Um, but before we get to that, just kind of want to uh, get some background information on y'all. Are y'all originally from, from Arkansas? Yes, I was um, born in Little Rock and raised in southern Arkansas, like, and uh, moved up here in the late 90s, went to Louisiana for a little while, and I've been back here for a long time. I started in California. I was born in Sylmar, um, and we moved a lot when I was younger through southern parts of California. We ended up in Phoenix, Arizona one year, and then we decided to visit an aunt in like 2000, and we fell in love with Springdale. So I grew up in Springdale from the third grade up to now, 28. It's always, <laughs> it's always a family member that's here before us. Yes, and now most of the family is here. It's just such a great place to grow up, I feel, and raise a family. But and Adrian, I think we went to school about the same time as Springdale High School, right? Mm -hmm. I remember you from back then. Hey, represent. <laughs> um, and can we talk a little bit about, you know, what is it that you do? What is what is drag to you? What does it mean to you? What does it consist of? Um, just kind of wanted to hear like your own definition of it. Um, it's it's definitely it's a platform. You're able to like show your artistic point of view you're able to so i'm a hairstylist and a nail tech by day so i'm able to show off um my work my nails my hair mm. um you're able to put costumes together and rhinestone them sew them by hand with lace um do all these things so you're like a literally putting art art on stage and then performing mm. showing people your culture it's just it's so many things to, to me personally. It's also helped me grow um, as a, in public speaking, before I could never have a conversation like this. And so as a person, it's helped me grow so much 
um, on just like communicating skills and and networking. Mm. It's um, a voice for political things that you would never even get involved in before. Mm. Now you have um, connections that will educate you on topics that do affect you and it motivates you to get out and vote. Mm. Because these these things that are happening do affect us on a day-to-day. And I do, I do see you sometimes share, you know, not only stuff that I share, but like stuff that other people post. Mm. And for me, it makes it makes my uh, heart feel warm because a lot of the times you kind of feel like you're um, do a lot of work, you know, by yourself or you're advocating by yourself because some people just don't care. You know, they're just living their life, which is great. We 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 also stand the folks that just want to live their life. That's okay, but. You know, we do need to support each other in on all these different movements, even if they don't directly affect right. you know us. But I, I see you're one of those people that on social media that you're always you know sharing everything and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're exposed to that. Um, how about you, Patty? Well, I think that the definition for my type of drag is a little bit different. I uh, impersonate the impersonator. Um, which is a fun, um, it's, it's a fun, uh, you know, perspective to go at because, um, I think in the beginning of most, uh, diva or AFAB queens or biological queens, um, it was about over accentuation of what, drag is and now there are multiple types of bio entertainers um like myself um in the drag world and it's really fun to see the different variations like some people um are not as campy looking sometimes as I am some people are more so even and and um for me, it's about makeup. It's about self-expression. It's um, a chance to uh, showcase your artwork or showcase an art form that you know we. I've grown up to love, and I never thought um, when I started this that it was something that I would be able to continue. But I've been at it for twelve years now, which seems unreal. <laughs> um, but when I started, I just I didn't think that I, there would be a place um, for entertainers of my type for as long as there have been. And now I'm just very excited to see all the females and divas and AFAB queens that there are out there. Um, because it, it didn't feel like in the beginning it was something that people were going to really accept. But not only have they accepted, we're embraced. We have our own um, pageant circuits. We have our own, um, uh, you know, circles that we run in kind of, or at least we – I know a lot of other divas around the country and and – we're really tight knit because we're a smaller community inside a small community inside a small community. So it's, it's fun. Just for clarification, AFAB is assigned female at birth. Yes. uh, um, Did you receive any backlash in like, you know, going into the drag world because you are a bio queen? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, oh, things were amazing from the get-go because they weren't, like, it took a minute for people to really accept um, me in the dressing room or my type of queens in the dressing room. Um, I think that there's still there's still sometimes a stigma that we have to overcome with some people, um, especially sometimes older queens or um, people who don't really know what we are. I mean, people who don't understand that we are um, not, I mean, I have people oftentimes when I'm at shows not understand that I'm, biological except for when certain parts of my body shake more than others (laughs) or more than others normally would on uh, another queen so Mm -hmm. I think that's the the only thing that gives me away sometimes except for my voice (laughs) to some people so Adrian um whenever like what at what point in your life did you decide that you wanted to start doing drag it actually started in college So I come from a very traditional Mexican family, Roman Catholic, um, so we were very conservative. (laughs) And when I first came out to my mom, I came out as bisexual because I was terrified Mm. of her getting the idea that I was never going to be with a woman. Mm. And then I dropped the gay bomb on her, and I've recently dropped the trans bomb on her. Mm. So um, it's been, they've been very, um, my father passed away two years ago, but um, I got to have the conversation with them, and they've been very supportive and loving thankedness mm. throughout my process as, as I've started. Um, but they just, they they were scared because it's so taboo, and especially in the Latino community. Yeah. Like we, um, it's, I personally never knew about drag growing up. Never knew about it, I never heard about it. About um, I never met a trans person, I didn't know anyone in my family that was trans. And then once I came out as gay, I met like three gay cousins that were like my mom's age. Mm. And so they reached out and they're like, hey, if you ever need anyone to talk to, I'm here. Um, I understand how the family is and blah, blah, blah. But it's right now it's been really good. My mom is very supportive. I'll show her pictures sometimes of um, dresses (laughs) that I'm interested in getting made or competitions that I'm thinking of doing. And she's on board 100%. She's been to some of my shows as well. That's so cool. Because I... I always worry, you know, about, like, parents and stuff. Because, I mean, I've heard horror stories of people just not even, like, moms just completely turning their backs on their children yes. and stuff. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, and it happens a lot, not only in our community, but just a lot of, um, we have a, a house here, Lucy's house. That's That one's in Little Rock. We have Jesse's house that's in Fort Smith and Lucy's place that's in um, Little Rock. But both of them are um, transitional housing places for young adults uh, or young LGBT yeah oh, really? LGBTQ okay. peoples that are needing um, uh, housing or have been thrown oh. out and stuff like that there's not one here like here I thought there was one in there's WA too not one here there's one in Fort Smith okay. um, so that's about as close as we can get um, that's Jesse's house That that's Jesse's house and then there's Lucy's place in Little Rock mm-hmm. and okay. they're both yeah um, housing shelters for LGBTQ youth, young adults that are needing somewhere to go after being. Which you connecting know. this back to drag, that's kind of how family started in the drag community. Yeah. Because people would get kicked out of their house and shunned mm. from their families' um, circles. And so they would end up having to just 
go out to the club that night after they got kicked out and there would be a mother who mm. would pick <laughs> them up and you'd be there either be a dancer, you'd be a costume or you'd be a baby drag queen. Mm. And so mm. that's how like the house of like all those houses started. It's like yeah. your like your guys' last names, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so like our last names. So yeah. I'm from yeah. the house of reality. And I'm from the house of Monroe. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. both here in Arkansas. I'm actually from the House of Cakes and the House of Monroe because I have my own house. Yes. <laughs> I'm from the Monroe house. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you I have my own babies. More than one p- part of more than one family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not know that the, that it, mm-hmm. that it like where you would stay in those times. Now you determine your last name. Or also, like your mom, like they guide you. Yes, and yeah. and right now I wouldn't say like Taylor didn't take me didn't take me in like that. I mean, she she did take me in as, as a drag child, but not, like, into her home. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a couple of other members of the Monroe family have mm-hmm. all lived with um, each other. But um, as far as myself, like, I've only lived with one other Monroe, I think, and I've lived with um, another Cakes or two. Mm-hmm. But um, we... Yeah, I mean, we do bunk up, I guess. <laughs> I didn't even realize how bad it was. I'm like, I guess I have lived with one of my drag sisters and a couple of my drag children. Um, how so, did that journey look for you? Like, how did you ever figure out that you wanted to be a drag performer, Patty? Well, it it actually, um, so I do HIV testing for the um, NWA Equality. Okay. This is how it got started. Um, the, back then, they were the Center for Equality. And they were doing this one drag show, this one night of females doing drag for the first time ever, you know, in Northwest Arkansas. And they had me and two other girls. um, And we weren't competing. We were just doing a show. But... You know how it is with what ladies. You you're choose? gonna compete anyway. <laughs> you're gonna like even yeah. it, it, it wasn't a competition, but it was. Mm. Um, and I just tried to go as out there as I could. I I took apart computers and built a computer costume, um, and put like lights in it and all kinds of stuff. I had the best time, and I got so many compliments after that first show. I it was like an itch. It was just like the pageant <laughs> itch. I couldn't wait to do it again, and I wanted to do it again immediately. And I wanted to. My mother was there. Uh, my drag mother shook her <laughs> at my mother. <laughs> <laughs> It was a it was a really fun night, and we raised a lot of money for the Center for Equality or NWA Equality now. Um, and a couple of months later, I guess uh, <coughs> Taylor put together um, a Taylor's Drag Race at. Um, That's where I was born. Yes, at, during the during the drag race at um, Push at Club Push. And um, that's how I got started is I asked her if I could compete in that competition and it said open to everyone so she couldn't say no. (laughs) (laughs) And I ended up competing and then I started um, getting into benefit shows and begging for spots in other shows. And before I knew it, I had done a whole year in drag and... 11 years after that, I'm still here, still <laughs> kicking, and now I've got my own shows that I host sometimes, and um, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. It's been a wild ride. So how do these, um, these Miss Gay, uh, Fayetteville, or Miss Gay, Arkansas um, titles, how do, like, what do, what do these competitions consist of? 
So every system has its own set of rules, um, regulations, and stuff. Um, in the America system, you can't have any plastic surgery from the neck down. You oh. can't be on hormones. You have to be a man doing illusion. And mm. so m it starts off in like the afternoon with a male interview. You go in in male attire, a suit, well-dressed, and you're judged on your suit, how you speak, your answers, all of that stuff, overall presentation. And then at night when you show up, they want to see you glammed out and looking fabulous. The more opposite and like you can give them, the more real woman, feminine you can give them, um, the better you'll do. It'll start off with presentation, and then it'll, it'll go into talent. Then you do evening gown and onstage question, and then they go on to crowning. And oh. so the usually the winner and the first alternate move on. So from a city preliminary or a regional here in Arkansas, it'll move up to the state. And then from the state, you go to nationals. And the national system has been held in New Orleans, in St. Louis. Um, but it's currently being held in Little Rock, and I think it's going to stay in Little Rock for quite some time. Yes. So Nationals? Yeah, National. Nationals oh, are held in Little Rock, and it was actually... The Robinson um, Theater? Is that yes. the Robinson one? Yes, it was at Robinson Auditorium just a couple of weeks ago during the um, whole <coughs> rally with SB43 and everything. It was mm -hmm. during that time. Um, I was at the... We had the protest yeah. at the Capitol, and I was there, and a lot of the um, state representatives were there and speaking on um, what drag is to them and how this bill was just... Going to affect everybody mm -hmm. and everything I think I saw Sen Senator Greg Letting speak at that. Event. Yes. Um, so I wanted to be there, but I was not feeling well. Well, you said you were sick that yeah. day, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So it's always scary to go to those things, too, because there's going to be a lot of us in numbers. There was a lot of us there in numbers supporting, but there's always... I, I'm I'm very I'm not confrontational at all. Mm -hmm. So it was I am. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. balance. Yes. That's why you bring Patty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You bring me outside for you. No, yeah, but it was it was a good time. There wasn't I don't think I didn't see any counter protesters there that day. Um I know the Robinson Center did have a few proud boys, something like yeah. that outside. Mm, but that's not what they are, but okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was all um, taken care of, and we had a fabulous weekend. It was um, yeah, the second weekend of January fifteenth. Boys fits the mm. other stuff doesn't. Right, boys does that. <laughs> what do y'all think in those competitions that y'all were a part of and y'all won? What do you think uh, got y'all the I guess crown? In those competitions, what would you say? Consistency. Would be? I went mm. three years in a row. And so the very first year, I was up dead last in mm. male interview. Like I said, I had no public speaking skills. I, I didn't know. And the language, I would always use my language as a, an excuse, <laughs> mm. which my English is not that bad. But it was um, when the nerves get the best of you, yeah, it's not the greatest. Mm. Um, but um, the next year, I came back, and I went up one place out of two extra people. So the first year I went, there was like 16 people. The next year I went... There was, I think, 17, mm -hmm. and I only went up one place. And then the next year, there was no city preliminaries. It was a straight to the state, so you just registered and went to Miskay, Arkansas. And um, I went up. I didn't change my talent because my talent's not broken. So if something's not broken, you don't change it. Yeah. <laughs> evening gown, I, I always do really well. I made second in evening gown. Um, but my male interview was the thing that I focused on the most that year. I had... Um, mock interviews with 
um, past like former Miskate Arkansas with members of the community mm-hmm. who would just sit down and be like, hey, I need a mock interview. Do you mind doing it? And um, that's what I worked on the most that year. And I went up to second in the guy nice. and interview. So I was able to work on the thing that needed work on. Mm-hmm. And um, it paid off and made a difference. But the rest of it, I kept the same talent. Um, I changed the dancers and like a thing or two during the choreography. But overall, same talent. And I won talent. Mm-hmm. I won presentation. I got second in gown. I got second to last in onstage question. <laughs> and I got second. <laughs> I paused. What was the question? <laughs> it was a two-part question. And that's really oh, awkward. I've those. never heard a two-part question in the system. In the three years that I'd been doing the system. It was, um, what would your hashtag be? No, what platform would you use on social media to expand or to pull new contestants into the system? And what would your hashtag be? And I That's said tough. excellencia because it ties in my culture as well as the excellence that the system stands for. And then like 15 seconds of silence. And then and then I repeated the same thing all over. And then I was like, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And I walked over. I mean, <laughs> and like they gave me zeros, I remember. Yeah. But Miss Gay America, you're an administrator. So now you're not only in charge of making sure the itinerary is right, that things are running smoothly, but you're also in charge of checking scores and everything. Yeah. And so Miss Gay America that year, I remember, went up. And she was like, no, you can't give her a zero because she said something. Mm. And so then the scores are changed. That's was honestly like, so rude. Who did that? Yeah, I'm, the, Don't tell me right now. <laughs> tell me later, though. I want to know. That's rude. The I swear. So the is, tea. Is the drag community like very well connected? Like, yes, we might we're very we're very entangled. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's we're very supportive when it comes to like policies and stuff that mm-hmm. allow us to be who we are, and um, like I'll say this: like when you think that we're we're so far apart that we we wouldn't necessarily like rub elbows with the ones that you see on TV. I've probably worked with at least 10 or 12 of them (laughs) from RuPaul's Drag Race. And so that, to me, like, that makes me feel like we're very intertwined because we really do get to, um, we really do get to spend time with ones that are famous and people that, um, are Maddie more success. I mean, that's one of our own. We, Mm -hmm. we gave TV, we gave them to TV. They got, they got ours. (laughs) Um, no, I'm just kidding. But Maddie Morphosis, one of ours from Northwest Arkansas. I mean, he's, that's an example right there. A good example of how someone from Fayetteville, um, from this area, somebody like who lived in this area for a long time, went to Lincoln actually. And, um, and moved all the way to Las Vegas, Vegas now, um, Las Vegas now, but, you know, went to the big, the big show, you know, went to RuPaul's Drag Race and um, did he pretty shows well. how broad the spectrum is, too, because he's a straight male yeah. right. with a girlfriend who does drag. Right. Well, mm-hmm. Like me, she's a diva. <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, it kind of shows that we are so intertwined because we have gotten to work with people who are like from across the country and we've gotten to um, go across the country sometimes ourselves and, and, Mm. and do um, amazing things. So I think that that's what, um, even though there are tons of drag queens from each city um, usually or bigger cities in each state, you still have a pretty, um, pretty tight um you know camaraderie with a lot of them because we 
work together so much and are or we've been part of the same system or we've been part of the same system if you compete in a system it's kind of like a yeah. fraternity or a sorority it's yeah. kind of sisters for life if yes. you competed like what she was saying with miss uh, gay america um you know they're they're huge and their legacy is all the way back to 1972 but with us um even though the us of a system hasn't been around quite as long um i think it started in the 90 80s or 90s something like that and but with the us of a system there's nine different subcategories so i'm part of one subcategory and i have you know sisters and brothers and different performers of all types from walks of life from years past that across nine different categories that (laughs) that i can call my brothers and sisters across um that pageant system that I was part of. And um, I think that that's what makes it so neat and special as far as um, not a career, but like a hobby or, um, I mean, I don't know. Some people, this is a career. Some people it's a hobby. Some people it's life, you know, Um, for me, I've been doing it long enough that it's, it's kind of a career hobby. <laughs> I think there's not like if we were to go to any state, we we have at least one person we could reach out to. Oh yeah, to get a booking to help with a dress, to help with a costume, to help with mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, there. It's so I guess yeah, we are pretty close as a community if we look at it. <laughs> yeah, if you look at coast. it across the board, because you really yeah. do, you could go just about anywhere and find somebody in a different state and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, sis, like, can you help me?" That's cool. Find mm-hmm. a find a gig or where's the nearest wig shop in your town? It has <laughs> saved me like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> where to yeah. get yeah. shoes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> We've had performers that have come here and they didn't have their shoes. And we had to like, hey, who's got a size 11? <laughs> you know, yes, remember? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and then her shoes got taken. So this is actually a story. Um, Willem from RuPaul's Drag Race came here. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Uh, sister Willem let her borrow her shoes and they actually ended up in a music video of Willem's from RuPaul's Drag Race because sister Willem never got her shoes back and then I think Willem ended up recording some kind of some kind of music video not long after that. And she was like, those are my shoes. Mm, anyway, it was really funny. <laughs> so is there like a, here in Arkansas, is there, is there specific spots that you would say would be like a good place to go buy shoes for the drag community? Uh, oh. Are there, are, is, there, is there like shops um, like that or is it just kind of like, you know, I would say, spots? I would say if you're looking for those kind, I, you really need to, order your shoes from the internet if you're a drag queen around (laughs) here but just on very rare occasion if you're a 10 or an 11 as a drag queen you can go to the dillard sale every once in a while that big special and you get some of those gianni (laughs) bananis and you you, that's you live your life in those Mm -hmm. i i'm lucky as a diva queen Nobody can steal my shoes because y'all can't fit them. <laughs> I'm an 11 if it's an open toe and a 12 if it's a closed toe. Yeah, so. Um, but most of them I order on Amazon, on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Elena, have you ever gone to go to a drag show? Yes. What, yeah. what was your experience like? Um, 
it was a lot of fun because I too like got to like dress up and like you know just something that you wouldn't just like go to the club. I mean you can, but it's like a lot more free. You know you can do your makeup however colors. It was like a lot. It's just like more accepting and you know dance more and you feel safer because mm. you know it's just like a different environment. Um, typically there's not a lot of straight guys that you know go over there to hit on you all the time and stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's like very accepting and a lot, a lot of fun and like really good music and the lip syncing and you know got to make sure to bring your dollar bills and pay those queens up there. You know, like yeah, it like, takes a lot yeah. to look this cheap. That's what say. that's what she that's what our our mentor says. I still have Dolly Parton to go. Life. Yeah. I did go. I think I kind of just stumbled upon one. It, I don't think I don't know if it was official or not, but it was during uh, Pride weekend and it was at. Outside of Maxi- Maxine's, yeah, they had like a, a small. I think it was yeah. gonna be like a, a presentation from a drag performer who was gonna perform. I forgot who it was. I know the person, mm-hmm. but I forgot. I forgot I've, I've worked with sure a lot of drag queens too. Like was Cinecakes. I was, I was like, just realized. That's a cakes. I, yeah, I know Cinecakes. Um, I used to work with Maddie Morphosis. Yeah. Like, whenever I was really young, and like he would come in and be like, "Can you not tell I do drag? Like my my eyebrows have been glued up and like you know <laughs> I have glue on myself still." And I was like, like "Some I people shave them like, and yeah. they'd be walking around in the middle of the day just like shaving no eyebrows." Yeah, so <laughs> so let, let's talk about this horrible bill that um, recently was cut was kind of slashed in a way. I, I think yeah. it's it's definitely evolved. Um, the The bill is Senate Bill Forty Three, and it was presented by State Senator Gary Stubblefield, Republican. No surprise there. Um, and the the bill was to prohibit uh, drag shows from taking place on public property or where a minor can view them. Mm-hmm. Um, so when y'all saw this bill um, be presented, filed, aka shown on the news and stuff, what are the first thoughts that come to your head? I, I think the first thing that came to my head, especially because I, I know that you, you use some of the language there, but some of the things that um, that you left out were mm. the the clothing choice oh, yeah. that was part of it. It was um, the things that you were in there before said stuff about um, gender, clothing, um, and... It mostly seemed like they were going after AMAB performers or AMAB trans people because when you boiled it down to, well, what is the difference? Like, what could I not wear that a man could wear that they could be like, you know, you, you over there singing karaoke, get, you know, like I'm calling the cops. That it, it seemed like there wasn't. It was very broad. It was very broad. It talked about um, clothing not being assigned to your gender and karaoke, lip syncing, all these things in public. And it seemed like they were really going after trans people as well Mm -hmm. as performers. I mean, the, the broadness of it seemed to encompass trans people as well. And immediately, like, both communities got in an uproar about it. Um, 
I think they they noted they said Stubblefield's original bill had defined a drag performance as one where an individual exhibits a gender identity inconsistent with their sex, assigned at birth, and sings, <laughs> limp sings, dances, or otherwise performs for an audience of at least two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which leaves me out, by the way. <laughs> um, that so it it didn't exactly encompass all performers, um, but it did sound like it was trying to go after anybody who would be in public who would not necessarily be presenting what they were assigned at birth. I have to say it hurt me reading that because I wear a lot of boy clothes and reading that I was just like this is completely ridiculous to to define drag like that like obviously Mm -hmm. this person's never been in that environment you know and seeing that you guys have your own world and I mean, it's not like you guys are out there, you know, showing yourself to children and like what the media tries to make it seem like. Like, how would you invite those people to like come and see and, you know, really change that definition? Well, they did ask, I think, during the one of committee hearings, mm-hmm. I think Athena asked them which performer was the one that they gave him this information and told him what was happening in the clubs. And he didn't give a name. And so it's like, th- that's the thing. Drag is such a it's such a big spectrum. Yes, there are performers that, that do stuff like that, but they're already in an adult setting where adults only can get in in clubs. Like to do this Most, stuff in, yeah. in like a public place, like for Pride, uh, obviously you're not going to be doing that during a, a story reading at a library with children. Yeah. No. It's no. None, none of us, none of us really go out into public settings and haven't asked what kind of audience we're going to be performing for. And most of us adjust our performances for the setting of the audience, you know, whether it's going to have children in the audience or whether it's going to be 18 and up or 21 and up or something of that nature. Because obviously for um, 21 and up, you know, everybody in the building is going to be an adult and we can do things that are a little bit more provocative or a little bit more campy um, without it, you know, hurting anyone's sensibilities. I, I have personally a small um, wheelhouse of Disney stuff that I can do in case, you know, somebody's like, oh, there's going to be a kid in the audience and I got to switch gears real fast. You know, I mean, we all keep at least a few numbers on hand that we can do in front of children if children are there or if we've been asked to do something where children will be present, we try to think and dress appropriately. I mean, I imagine that this senator or this man found some thing online somewhere where some queen did not know what, you know, taking type of audience. Yeah, taking things out of context. Yeah, out of context. But, you know, there are tons of there are tons of performers who are parents themselves. So the fact that they think that we would not know what I mean, I'm a parent. I know that there are other divas who are parents. There are um, drag queens that are parents. There are drag kings that are parents. And we know how to act in front of children. We have children. Yeah. You know, we're siblings. We, I have a brother who's 10 years younger and one who's 25 years younger. So, I mean, she definitely knows how to act right in front of kids because she's has siblings that are really young in her family. So it's not like even if we don't have children, we don't know how to 
act around children. We've been children mm. before. There's there's so much <laughs> misinformation. I've I've seen like for example on Facebook on, on posts that have been like anti drag. I've seen like stills of a video and and the video will say something bad like oh this uh, this drag performer is doing this to this child and then go watch the video and it was just like an incorrect still like it wasn't nothing right. bad was happening in the video it was just like the way the person was moving and the still image was bad so there's so much information so i i imagine what this state senator has gotten probably from all these like QAnon folks and and folks with all with with all these like uh bad posts that they don't do more research on you know well if they did more research at all they would figure out that you know out of that there's no open cases of drag queens doing anything you know sort of um to children that they think that is being done i mean if anything i would be more scared to take my children to a church these days than to take them to a drag show because there are literally there are literally (laughs) just a a brand new case from somebody like you said in bentonville there was one pastor from fort smith who was sexually assaulting women for god knows how long Mm -hmm. and under the guise of the church and like a gym yeah like they were like working out um, but I don't know of any cases out no. of all my 12 years. I haven't heard of anybody in our community getting like arrested or taken, um, and to even, jail for that kind of behavior. Even if there was like one, even if there was like one or two, every community is always going to have some like, there's always small apples, percentages. Right? Yeah. There's always small percentages inside of percentages inside of percentages. And that's the thing is inside of our in- extremely vast, um, you know, community across the United States, I'm sure there's been a case, Yeah, but you can't make that. I mean, for that matter, like then, all white men that you ever see everywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere are going to be horrible individuals because of yep. all the atrocities that yep. every white man from history has ever caused. I mean, that's just asinine to think that there is, you know, one bad apple in a group of people and that that like discredits the entire group of people. Then mm-hmm. like throw the whole Christian religion out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no offense. I just hate um, that mindset, you know, of, of, misinformation how how far misinformation gets to the point that it directly impacts you know like y'all's life or other people's right. life simply because of something shared that was not true and i right. and i just on my conversations that i've had with with folks um with state representatives and state senators you know like the super conservative ones uh, a lot of them like never had a friend that was trans or that was you know a drag performer that was part of the lgbtq community and if they ever got close to one, they just completely shunned them away and they didn't want nothing to do with them. So they never learned from them. Like they never it was contagious you know. or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not you can't yeah. you can't it's not like oh, <gasps> you're oh god I'm transparent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it doesn't work like that. I know that because like when I went to Mexico and I've had family members that I met for the very first time, they didn't even want to shake my hand. And I literally grabbed their hand and I was like, it's not contagious. Don't worry. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 crazy. But that's how like I I get it. But no, it's not OK. I'm like, especially in this time and age, like the like... first thing I thought about when that bill came out, it was like it's already on television. Mm-hmm. Like my little brother sits with me and watches Drag Race. It's on television. Mm-hmm. Like 
I think that's what upsets them the most is the fact that it's gone so mainstream. And I mean, that they can't here. undo it. Like, like all over the world, mm-hmm. Spain, Mexico, Canada. How many drag oh, races God. are there there's now? There's so many drag races. There's like one in Thailand, Australia, mm. there's Europe, there's the Paris, England. There's a Canada's drag race. They're all over the world now. You can't <laughs> you can't stop it. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rican drag race. Good God, those girls are amazing. Mm-hmm. Whoo, They're like the costumes. triple threats. They yeah, literally are gorgeous. Too. They can dance. They can <laughs> sing. They're, and oh. they've got costumers like crazy down. I don't know what. I don't know what. Present, they have. Just presentation costumes stores. at Miss Universe. Just yeah. look them up. <laughs> yeah. They're phenomenal. Amazing stuff. I love the Puerto Rican queens. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the thing is they're just really upset that things have gone so mainstream. Mm. And that they can't undo the fact that it is so intertwined in culture now. Yeah. Mm. I watched a really funny video the other day on, um, and please forgive me, y'all, because this stuff makes me laugh, but the Gen Zers breaking up. And so much of it was actually, like, it was, like, two kids, just two adults, like, making fun of Gen Zers, like, <laughs> lingo and stuff. But so of much videos. of it was the lingo that's used in the that culture, in drag culture and like stuff like that. Yeah, the slang and everything. It was just two kids using a bunch of slang to break up with each other. <laughs> but it was really funny. And it, it just reminded me that, like, you know, this is a culture that has been steeped in, um, um, like, persons of color and, and trans queens of color for... Um, decades, and this is where we came from. This is where drag came from. Is you know decades of the ball culture kind of rolling over into um, the club scene and turning into um, these you know families and things like Cassandra was saying earlier with the um, drag families and stuff, and it's it's turned over from. Um, you know, black culture and that kind of thing. So I think that that's another part of the thing that upsets them is to know that, like, these, all these cultural aspects of different um, walks of life, mm-hmm. of the Latino communities, of the, of the black communities have come together. They have formed this amazing art form that we all get to be a part of. And that that is what ultimately I think pisses them off is to know that like it's it's entrenched into yeah. um, American culture now. No, going like a back lot now. of people love it. So you know? there are also people who have the ability to shield themselves and live in a bubble. And then, you know, they start learning like, That's okay. That's so cute for them. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, they're, and I feel like that happens a lot with the Hispanic community too. Like you said, you didn't have any gay cousins or anything until, until you came out mm-hmm. and you know. And there's a lot a, of us remove ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Personally, I was very religious when I was going through catechism and everything. Um, I think I saw you in church communion. once. Mm-hmm. And I do. I just mm-hmm. did my confirmation actually last year um, hey. in Salado de Gloria. And like the reason now as an adult, now that I know who I am, I'm not scared to go and show my face because mm-hmm. God loves me no matter what. Oops. And I know that now. And so before in the past, I would just, I removed myself from the setting because I wasn't happy with how I felt because I was insecure. Mm-hmm. I was always thinking like, what are these people thinking about me being here in church and, and me not knowing and reading more about my religion. But mm-hmm. like, it's such an important part of us as Latinos because in my home, I was brought up very hard with, you know, religion and, and that God loves you and how we have to do what God wants us to do. And, and you still can. 
That's the thing. You still can, you can still be a good Christian, a good person, and be gay and be trans. Mm-hmm. And you and shouldn't have queen. to hide because <laughs> when you hide, there's people in church who's who's their kids may be gay or may not be, but if they don't see someone else that representing them or like that they can see, like I could still come here and be a good member of the church and blah 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 and still be gay and trans, then. Mm. So I, I feel like it's important not to hide, and that's why I'm deciding not to hide. I don't care what people think or say anymore. I'm going to wear my nails. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my makeup and do what I want to do and be respectful of others so I can continue to get the respect that I've gotten to this point. How is an appropriate way for people to, you know, ask what pronouns do you use? You know, it's like a new world that some people are trying to learn mm-hmm. how to go through. You know, what advice would you give those people? I... um. Right now, I'm starting my transition, and that's one of the first questions that I get. And people just straight up ask me, like, mm-hmm. how would you like me to refer to you? Have you changed your name, or are you going to? And um, I don't plan on changing my name. That's about me. But I'm not um, super sensitive about someone calling me he or him right now because that's uh, it's going to take time for me to go through my changes and look the way that I dream of myself looking. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it has to go both ways. Um, if I ask you to refer to me in a specific way, then I expect that respect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. and and vice versa, just like yeah. I would to you. If, if something makes you uncomfortable and you tell me, hey, this is hurting my feelings, can you please do this? Then I'm like, okay, yeah. I think typically if someone's thinking too much about it, they're they're thinking too much about mm-hmm. it. It shouldn't, it's respect. It's mm-hmm. that respect yeah, part. It's that respect, yeah. And it honestly, it changed so much. Like I have friends that have transitioned and um, I met them as he, like him and he, and honestly, even I slip up sometimes. And and that's me being a part of the gay community. Like it slips my mind and I forget. I simply, I apologize and um, I continue, you know? It's like, you can ho- choose to hold on to that and be like, I'm gonna continue to be mad. I'm like, you disrespected me this one time, but like, they know that I come from a good place. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to know, Cassandra, I've never called you hate. <laughs> no, yeah. In the drag in the drag community, no one calls me Adrian. No. As soon as I step into the club, it's Cassandra, Cassandra. And so I'm really like, eh, I'm not too um but there's people who don't perform, there's people who don't have two names. Um so they when they transition and they drop their dead name, they expect you know, they're new and that's that's okay. And and I would want to I want to respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what they ask for. Whatever that's a given. I do that too. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, whatever you tell me your name is, I'm gonna call you by that name. Yeah. And right. if you tell me your pronouns or I mean you could change your name next week and then change it again the next week and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to call you whatever it is you just told me <laughs> you want me to call you. Yeah, it really isn't that hard. Right, yeah, it's, like, it's you know, not. I mean, it's it'll make a big deal. It's a, a mind slip sometimes that you're just like in the instant. I call this person by their old name, but it's like I'm so sorry, uh, mm-hmm. and then we continue and move yeah. forward. Mm. But yeah, it it's. I had a it's friend from hard. New Orleans after the hurricane started going by Spike, and it was a really hard, hard left for me to start calling them by that name but i i, I did it mm-hmm. hey. i did it for a little while that's what matters you um, know then they went back to their old name <laughs> got a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> so this bill kind of got slashed we t- yeah. i think we touched about it i'll touch on it a little bit at the beginning but now um and i'm reading this from well, the website that I, that I saw this was from the hill it says while the revised legislation no longer mentions drag shows 
outright. It does broaden the definition of an adult-oriented performance to mean a performance that features a person who appears in a state of nudity or is semi-nude, semi-nude and, the, purpose, and uh, the purposeful exposure of a specific anatomical area, prosthetic genitalia, breast, or s- a specific sexual act. Um, how do you all feel about that, about where, where it's at now? Obviously, they're not targeting specifically yeah. the drag uh, community anymore, but that's what they—that's what that—that was the purpose initially, right? So it's kind of like, hey. right, mm. <laughs> you know. So I mean, yes. Now it's broadened. It feels a lot more like um, even members of the community, I feel, will agree with it now because no one ever was like wanting. To, I don't feel like anyone wanted to expose themselves like that in front of. The only thing I worry about is that one hat that I have the rubber anatomical oh. piece on the top. <laughs> and I'm worried about not being able to wear that to Pride, but it's whatever, you know? I mean, it's whatever. Um, you can't tell unless you get up close. <laughs> you have to get up close to it to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that that's, I mean, that's what is... We don't do that really anyway. Yeah. I, I never have. I'm very conservative with my drag. I'm the second Latina to win in Arkansas, America. Mm. There's been three so far. Yeah. Zia was the first. I was the second. And Iman DeMarco, um, she was the third. And so I always like to do Latin numbers. I do fringe. I do yeah. let's get loud. Mm. Just like yeah. every now and then I'll drop my Jenny Rivera, Rocio Durcal, <laughs> you know. I mean, for, like I couldn't pull out any of my parts anyway because I already was under the Arkansas law of restriction of, you know, you can't expose your top half as a woman. Mm. You can as a man, but you can as a woman. So, I mean, yeah. what I, I already wasn't, you know, none of us were really out doing any of that mess anyway. Yeah. None of us show, you know, um, prosthetic pieces or anything i mean the only thing you're gonna maybe see is like somebody wearing um what we call breastplates um and they're very uncomfortable yeah they're very uncomfortable nobody really likes wearing them out in the open like like a shirt made out of latex but like with Mm -hmm. giant like weights in the front of it um but it I mean, those kinds of things are about the only thing you're really ever going to see, but you're not going to see them, like, uncovered and Mm. just out there. They're going to be under a dress. So that's what is, (coughs) I guess, confusing about what they – I guess it's confusing to me what they think it is we're out here doing, but Mm. I really don't care what they think we're doing either. Well, they seem to be misinformed. But that's the thing is they're they're misinformed, but they're always going to be misinformed. Yeah. They don't want, like she said, there's people who stay in a bubble and they keep themselves in a bubble because they want to. Yeah. You know, they it just sucks that these are the people making laws. Right? I, it, it sucks that and they're the ones <laughs> who are able to make the laws right now and well, that no. they have such a majority that they're able to get away with so much. But the fact that they found out pretty quickly that this was unconstitutional and it wasn't going to make it very far says something and I think that the other states who are trying to adopt these same kind of policies are going to find out the same kind of things um, and that they're not going to be able to get away with as much as they think they're going to and honestly I wonder like do they not understand you know this 
retaliation voting, or that's what I call it, when one party goes one way, the other party has to go completely opposite the other way as far mm-hmm. as they can just to be as divisive as possible. And I think that when we as a society continue to um, allow this to continue to let our politicians um you know, segregate us or separate us and not be able to have conversations like, you know, why do you think that I would go to a place in the public with children and show, I mean, I have nieces and nephews and a granddaughter and there's no way I would ever like expose myself in front of them or any other children. That's just crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, but the fact that they think that it, you know, and that they're in charge and that they're allowed to keep segregating us through these um, social um, policies, you know, just to hide some of the dirty underhanded crap that they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, in reality. And that's that's what I think it is. I think that they just choose social issues Mm -hmm. to segregate us from one another politically so that they can continue to um, make us vote in divisive manners across the party lines. I love how some of the senators talked back during the like um, senator voting mm-hmm. um, about like why is this being brought up and why is this bill here when we ha- when there's twenty five percent of kids who are going to bed tonight not knowing what they're gonna eat or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that here in Arkansas like this I'm like I didn't even know that like that is <laughs> and that, that is the first way order more important. of business was to take out a word from Latinx. all government mm-hmm. yeah to take out a word that encompasses you know LGBTQ or just people of gender non-conforming or whatever just taking a word and that's your first order of business honestly with kids not being able to eat and there being like um food deserts across rural areas homelessness in many many cities across arkansas Mm -hmm. and we're gonna worry about drag queens and what parts they're showing they're just they're just trying to fire up their base and just show them that they're doing something even though for us it's like what do you why are you doing worthless things that don't do nothing? And why are you just like attacking us? Why are you going after the wrong people? Honestly, yeah. you should be going after youth pastors. <laughs> For real. And that's one of the most frustrating things that I, on, like, I, on Arkansan, I say that because I grew up here most of my life. That's not the Arkansas I know. Specifically here in Northwest Arkansas, I love it because it's so diverse culturally. Mm-hmm. Education was great. My experience from. Um, elementary school all the way to high school was good. Like, no one ever bothered me. My teachers were very supportive. Like, I think most of my teachers in junior high and elementary school knew, knew before, before you I did. did. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they were just, they. I just always had such a good experience yeah. with, with my education here in Northwest Arkansas. And, like, when I, now that I'm growing up, that I've grown up and I, I like, vote and I pay attention to what's happening sometimes, it's so, um, so not what I've seen. Like, I, I've never... Mm-hmm. Like Latinx, that's you're clearly coming after like the Latin community, really, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. And then with this drag bill, like I know I live in the Bible Belt, but I've never 
ever had a problem. I've been doing drag for eight years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after my very first year, I went off to college and like I never had a problem. Mm. I've been pulled over in drag and it was just Same. like a yeah a checkup and there were I gave him my ID and everything was like oh okay you're good. Um, just get that light fixed. Here's your ID. Um, thank you, sir. Have a good night. So for the um, because like kind of like what you mentioned when 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 you got here about you know they're still trying to get other bills passed. They're introducing other bills that can be anti-LGBTQ, anti-drag. Uh, what is a message that, that you could give today to the, to the people that are attempting to pass these laws of why they shouldn't, why they shouldn't try to pass those anti? Because um, look, as for us, we're the choir, right? We support you all. We support the LGBTQ community here. So like we know why it's wrong. But I just kind of want you know them, to, if they hear this episode, to hear directly from you as to why they need to stop being hateful pretty much, why they should, and why they should stop, uh, why they should not try to pass legislation that hurts the drag community here in Arkansas. I know it's really hard to imagine it, but, but put yourself in these people's shoes. Like, that's, like, the, the best way I can think of it. Like, you really... I, I don't know if, if, you could, if you could sit down and really try to imagine, but these people are just trying to live their lives. They're not hurting anyone. They're just trying to be authentic and live happy with themselves. Mm. Um, I think more than one of us know someone in the community who has taken their life because they were so unhappy with themselves that they just couldn't take anymore. And like, or just the anxiety of, of society on us, all this stuff, like, when you vote and you go out and vote, think about the most vulnerable people in our community, how they feel. Yeah. That's the, like the biggest thing. I, I don't know what else to... I would, I mean, if they could hear me and they want my opinion, I would say that they could keep trying. They're not going to stop us. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like, they're not going to stop us. Uh, it, I mean, they can put together bills and make it an adult-only venue. We have figured out ways and means around that stuff for years. Yeah. I've been going to drag shows since I was 18 years old, which is a long time. <laughs> um, and they have been, and I started going to them right here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm not going to stop being a part of the Fayetteville gay, you know, or drag community um, for, you know, as long as my ankles will stay working. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, I would tell them that it, it won't matter the bills that they put together. They can try, mm. but it won't stop us from dressing up. It, I mean, they can't regulate makeup. They yeah. can try, but I know some teachers in Arkansas that would be really upset if you took away their pancake foundation. Mainly <laughs> 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 um, some of my high school teachers. Um, so I think that, you know, try as they might, um, it's just not going to happen. We're not going to really allow it they can keep making laws and keep yeah. wasting the taxpayers money but eventually i think that their constituents will notice that they've done nothing but attack the lgbtq community and if that's what their constituents want um and that's like their entire platform i think that they're not going to get far mm. as far as like 
their next campaigns and things go because people will get sick of just attacking one community Mm -hmm. and not doing your Mm -hmm. actual job. Hey, there you go. Well, thank you all for being here today. Thanks I appreciate it. I hope the people listen today learn something because I, I know District I did. Thanks three for listening. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. And uh, that, yeah, I think people need to hear this. People need to hear, um, first of all, we need to humanize, you know, drag performers a little bit more than society has because I feel like they're not humanized enough. Um, that's just from my perspective, from the what I see in my community. Yeah. But ultimately, we have to listen to people. If someone wants you to use specific pronouns or a specific name, use it. It just takes a few seconds. It doesn't bug anyone. Doesn't hurt me. Doesn't hurt you. But it does hurt the people that that are telling you to call them a certain way, and they're not they're not being listened to. And you're not respecting them. Definitely, definitely. Well, everybody that's listening, uh, thank you all for tuning in. That was episode 172 of the District Three podcast. My name is Edwin. And this is Elena. Signing off. Bye. <laughs>